Hi, Doug McClure from DougMcClure.net with another in our series of podcasts on Business Transaction Management, or BTM. Today we'll be focusing in on IBM Tivoli's IT Cam for Transactions, version 7, a new product from IBM Tivoli focusing on the end-to-end business transaction management area. Today we'll be speaking with Dr. Frank Tate, who is a founder and deployment and implementation consultant and engineer for Gulf Breeze Software, one of Tivoli's accredited business partners who does many projects around the ITM and ITCAM portfolio each year. We'll be focusing on all things architecture, design, and deployment planning related for the ITCAM for Transactions version 7 product. Please enjoy the podcast and feel free to contact me via the blog if you have any questions or desire to have a deeper discussion. Based on my understanding of this new release of the product called ITCAM for Transactions version 7.1, all my research and self-learning have shown that it comes with four key components, client response time, response time, which may include real user or robotic and synthetic type transaction monitoring and testing, the internet service monitor or ISM component, formerly from the Micromuse product suite, and this new transaction tracking capability, which is the sort of aggregation component that allows those products components as well as the other IT CAM family to sort of come together and, and, and really tie all that discovered and tracked information together. Out of the box, you know, we license this in, in many different ways. You know, out of the box, I've, I've learned that the, the product comes with, uh, you know, the ability to do end user desktop or client type agent monitoring. It comes with the ability to do response time agents uh, with a real user type monitoring that can be agent-based or agentless-based comes with the ability to use the rational performance tester to do synthetic or robotic testing, and it comes with the capability to leverage the ITM infrastructure, TEMs and TEMAs and TDWs and things like that to display and, and store all that data. It's a lot of products that we sell, part of the ITCAM family and, and as part of the ITCAM for Transactions version 7 product. Frank, what's the most commonly purchased or used or deployed components or features that you see when clients are interested in the ITCAM for Transactions product? It seems to be the robotic response time component to generate synthetic uh, transactions and record that information. The reason for that is that it is the least intrusive component. Nothing needs to be installed on really any existing systems, any existing servers or workstations. It can all be done from within the ITCAM infrastructure, basically. And it, it gives customers good information about the availability and performance of their different applications. So the robotic response time component. Okay. If there were components, multiple components, if they wanted to deploy the robotic testing component and the real user tracking component, are there pieces of that package that 
are logically deployed at the same time? Or where do you, when you hear clients talk about, we're going to start with robotic testing, do they also have plans to, to roll out other things right after that from the product? Or how do you talk to clients about, well, if you want to do this, you should really do that, or you should, you know, you can really only use it this way. How do you talk to clients about deploying things at the same time versus a more iterative? Honestly, the, uh, the factor that drives that the most is the, the, the client, the customer group that we're working with and their relationships with other groups. So basically, the question is, okay, there, there are these different components that, that we can possibly install. Uh, WebSphere, uh, the ARM agent for WebSphere or for DB2, or we have uh, OS agents that can be deployed. Which group do you have the best relationship with so that we can get things done most quickly? And let's go about it that way. So it's really more of an approach in that direction because there are so many pieces that have to be installed. Our goal is to get as many quick wins as possible. So the, the easier time we have to get pieces installed, the better. And, and once we get those pieces installed with these friendly other groups, we can use that goodwill and, and the information that we collect to help foster our relationships with other groups to get additional components installed. If, if the client didn't have a preference, I mean, if they bought into the ITKM for transactions product and they didn't, you know, didn't have a preference of real versus synthetic versus ISM, what, what, would, what do we typically recommend they start? Would we, would we recommend a similar path there to take the path of least resistance with robotic and synthetic testing or how would we, how would we help a client choose the right path? organizational politics and things like that. Is, is there any of the ITKM for transaction components that is more challenging to deploy in terms of, you know, architecture or 
prerequisites than another? Is there, or is that backend architecture pretty much going to be the same complexity regardless of if I take a, a real user or a synthetic approach? Mentioned path of least resistance, quick wins, shortest time to value is, is really the places where we want to start or clients want to start. What do you think that their expectations are? What, what, it was, what is that value that they expect to see in that short amount of time? Often involved in that pre-sales activity, or are you more post-sales deployment? We are generally post-sales deployment because okay. we are an, uh, an integration partner. We don't sell the software; we can sell it, but in general, we don't. Okay. And so, uh, in some cases, we're, we're involved in the pre-sales component, but normally. We're just post-sales where we, we have to go in and, and find out what has gone on as part of making the sale and then figuring out how to, how to deliver on what's been promised, basically. Okay. So the product's been successfully sold into a, a new client, and there's obviously been some amount of work uh, by a pre-sales team, maybe a proof of concept or proof of technology that's been completed. And now 
Gulf Breeze is brought in to begin that deployment and integration work. What do you and, and your team of people do to start that process? How do you how do you find out what the client's expectations are, what their vision is, what what's that value that they are expecting from this investment? Well, the first step is asking for any documentation that that they have uh, that describes exactly that is the, the first way to go. Um, and normally there is some amount of documentation that we can work off of. In other cases, uh, there's no documentation there, and we just need to uh, hold meetings with, with different stakeholders to determine exactly what their expectations are. And it could be that one stakeholder has absolutely no documentation, whereas another has a, a, a laundry list of desires or expectations of, of a product. And, and what might some of those be that you've seen in the past in terms of client vision, client expectations, or, or initial high-level requirements right after that purchase? They haven't seen the product deployed in production yet. They've just purchased it. They have maybe overset, you know, too highly set expectations coming out of the sales cycle. How do we work with them to to normalize or, or right size those expectations so that we can be successful with those quick wins, architecting the right solution to meet those expectations? Uh, the the approach we try to take is a collaborative approach to work with the customer, talk to them, and make sure it just absolutely ensure. That they know that, that they got good information during the sales cycle. There, there may have been pieces that were missed in places, but the, the product will provide them a large amount of value even when the case comes up that one particular feature may not be supported in their particular environment. So it's just making sure that they they do know that they have made the right decision, basically, uh, and that they've gotten all correct information during the sales cycle, so that so that they do feel comfortable that the product will deliver. More often than not, the client wants to be able to discover, trace, track, monitor, and report on some type of end-to-end transaction flow. More often than not, as you've said, it's probably synthetic web-based transactions. You mentioned some of your clients have data documents, the super secret Visio diagram that explains a little bit about that web service or web application or, or architecture. Is there anything that Gulf Breeze does to facilitate these workshops? Is there an approach or a methodology or a series of templated questions that helps you get through that process, ask the pointed questions, peel the layers of the onion back to get the the answers that you know you need to be able to design and architect that initial deployment solution? with 
college goes. So from a, an application development standpoint, middleware, and so forth. And then really guiding the questions based upon the responses from the customer. So what I found and what we found is that trying to come up with a decision tree type approach for questions to help with that, the, the tree gets way too full way too quickly and it becomes useless. And so what's required is just we have a senior consultant, which is what all of us are really, asking very technical questions, also business-related questions, and then keying off the answers from the customer to then figure out exactly what needs to be done. So it's, it is not a process that we have found a, any type of generic template to assist us with or to assist a junior-level consultant with. It simply requires in-depth knowledge. Okay. What types of things would you recommend to a new client in that time between the purchase and the time between Gulf Breeze gets on site? I mean, if, if, if you had the, the ability to dialogue with the client during statement of work or, or, or other negotiations, what would you tell that client? Here's the, here's the laundry list of things that you should be thinking about, you should be collecting, you should be organizing before we get on site. It's a really great point that you made about URLs and, more importantly, logins and what I like to call our safe login credentials. A funny story, when I was doing this type of work at a large ISP here in Atlanta, we used a login that ultimately ended up ordering a 1,000 modems and had a 1,000 modems shipped out to somebody named Test Test uh, from our company that was uh, in the internet service provider business. So safe URLs that are not going to order things that are not going to show up as new customers or new sales orders. That's important that you work with your application development people, business people there to get a safe URL, something that has a unique code or a unique enumeration in it that's filtered out or prevented from ultimately running a credit card transaction or, or actually making a purchase on the back end. Uh, they, we, we had a VIN number for a car. It could be 
area, it was a, a total car that was in the parking garage of the insurance company. So it had to be valid. So it was kind of weird. It was it was actually valid, and we did have to be careful with what we did because it affected something in real life. Absolutely. How do you how do you draw a box after the sale? You're negotiating with the client to win the business for implementation. How do you draw a box around the initial scope of a deployment? How do you how do you sort of time box that to make sure that one you have enough time to deploy the core components, but also enough time to exercise the technology to get that value and, and meet those expectations? Is it as simple as X amount of days to deploy the foundational ITM infrastructure to support ITCAM for transactions? And if I was going to use synthetic transaction testing with RPT, is it X amount of days per URL You know, to sort of go through the whole process of recording and filtering and creating views and creating reports and situations? Is it you look at it that way? Structure installed. 
Okay. It's not an exact science. Sure. Yeah, I personally think it's probably the most capable of being time boxed when you're using the synthetic testing. Yeah. You can control those variables. You don't have to worry about agents and a lot of heavy infrastructure deployment to you know, dozens or hundreds of servers. Absolutely. Who are the who are the right people from the client's IT organization? IT organization that should be involved in the initial workshops and, and the project overall? I, I read that question, and the answer is who, who, whoever really cares about the data. There, it's ideally, um, you would want the application development group there who is responsible for the development of the applications that are going to be monitored. Um, also, the middleware owners, so the, the team responsible for WebSphere, DB2, or anything else that's going to be instrumented for IT CAM, and also the, the OS level uh, owners, the whatever groups own the, the actual operating systems, because in, uh, in a deployment, since the uh, OS agent is considered uh, part of it somewhere in there that the customer may decide that they want to deploy that and so the, the OS owner needs to be involved also because new software is being installed on that machine they may need to be involved so application owners middleware owners and operating system owners Okay. On top of that, who from the business side should be involved in those workshops or throughout the project? That varies so much because every company seems to have seems to have their own idea about how the business is segmented. But in general, it is whoever is responsible. For for the, the data produced by the application is, would be the, the main people. So maybe a, a web properties owner or a, a business slash IT relationship manager or liaison, you know, some line of business or organization group inside a business that's responsible for portal or customer-facing things? Yeah. Yeah, and anything, any other types of functions or any other types of titles that that particular customer has come up with. But yeah. My experience has shown me that this type of technology is most often brought into a company because somebody from the business is screaming and yelling about the performance of a web service, an application, some sort of application or service in that company. Generally, those people can easily be picked out. Have you, have you seen that? Do you seen the technology being brought in because there's a huge pain point or there's some crisis situation and 
we've got to you know, quickly address a problem because the business is yelling? organizational structure to a high enough level or even dialogue on the business side. You know, generally, you're probably working with the monitoring tools group. You know, there's probably a manager of that group or you might get to dialogue with a senior manager or maybe a director. But are you able to get to the high enough level there to somebody on the business side or the IT side who can really articulate those pain points and how they affect the business and, and can possibly help you know, help you navigate the organizational politics and, and have a chance of being more successful? Uh, no. In many cases, we're not. And so our, our approach is to do our best to tell, to, to convey that need to the, the monitoring tools group that we're working with, or whichever group we're working with, so that they can attempt to find those people. But uh, in, in many cases, we've been hired by uh, a group that's the somewhat low on, on the organizational totem pole, and so we don't have that, that type of visibility or that type of availability or uh, that type of access to the, the people who have made the decision or who have influenced the decision. So it makes it tough, but yeah. we try to Yeah, it's my strong belief that with technology like this, that the traditional people that we're working with and the monitoring tools groups have to learn how to be more consultative in nature. They have to learn how to get outside their comfort box inside the, the cubes in the monitoring area and, and be able to go out and have these discussions with people in the various groups in IT and the business side to really be successful in getting the value. The technology part's generally easy. It's the, it's the things that surround the technology. It's those discussions. It's, am I watching the right things? How is it bad to you? What's your expectations of performance and value and return on investment and effort? You sort of see those same things or, or have the same thoughts? 
and there, it, it's a challenge. There's no, there is no uh, one answer to ha- how to facilitate that or how to how to get someone to do that. Because in some cases, it is uh, trying to to help one group identify what they should care about and and how they should go about caring in in a way that's completely different from from their traditional activities. Is there anything that we, you know, IBM should be doing to equip our clients or equip you the business partners to be more successful in that area? Should should we offer a different type of training? Should we offer more content or, or best practices or white papers or should the software, you know, should the software pop up a wizard and ask you, tell you to do X, Y, and Z? Any ideas there? sword here, but I think those types of discussions or a workshop needs to be part of that sales process to really help educate and open prospective clients' eyes to, again, that maturity that's ultimately going to be needed over the long haul to be successful with investments in this area, which leads me to sort of my next series of questions here around the experience, the skills required, first, you know, not associated with technology, but what are some of those skills and experience or capabilities that a client needs to have to be successful when venturing into this area of business transaction management? I don't think I understand the question. Okay. So the easy question is, what skills and experience are required to be successful with ITCAM? Are there other skills above and beyond what you would expect somebody to have with ITM and ITCAM? What would those be? Consultative skills, 
interview skills, discovery interview skills. What what do they need to know? Like you mentioned, web web J two E web sphere. You know, what is that typical monitoring tools person need to to know about to be familiar with to be able to talk the talk and walk the walk with peers inside of IT or the business. Is there anything that you do to help the new IT cam for transactions administrator become familiar with that? Is there a web apps for dummies, if you will, or is there something that they can do to prepare? TCAM for transactions has a prerequisite being IBM Tivoli monitoring or ITM. Can somebody become the ITCAM for transactions administrator and not have a background in ITM? 
Is there an ITM for Dummies book or class that can be provided to, to get a client ready? You know, if this is their first Tivoli purchase, right? I'm buying ITCAM for transactions. And in all reality, they've got to learn that unique technology and the ITM technology. More often than not, you know, the way that we're going to market with solutions and products that have these cross dependencies and things, you know, how do, how do we help the client ramp up to now learn this very powerful and sophisticated ITM monitoring product and ultimately get to where they want the value from IT Cam for transactions? There are, well, there, there are ITM classes available, uh, that are available on the public schedule, but what we found works uh, really best is, is to deliver uh, that course or similar information at the customer site, uh, either during deployment or on a, on a very uh, contracted scale, so uh, four hours instead of three days' worth of class, and making those four hours just really count by uh, using specific uh, elements from their environment, just showing, okay, this, these are your servers, this is how we can, we can alert if uh, this happens, if, if this transaction takes too long, this, this is how, how we can send an alert to your event system. But what, what we found is really tailored education is what works best. Okay. Uh, so it's probably your recommendation then that clients should strongly consider investing in formal classroom or custom on-site delivered education on both ITM and ITCAM to really be successful. Yes. Okay. If I'm a long-term ITM customer and I've been through the life cycle of ITM products with Tivoli. I'm a tried and true ITM guy. I've got 6.2.1. six pack, whatever. I know how to do everything. I'm an expert at agent builders and universal agents and, and all this stuff. The company just purchased ITCAM for transactions version 7.1. Are there things that those types of clients who have that pedigree in ITM should do differently, should think differently, should architect differently to bring in this IT cam for transactions product to be successful, or is it pretty much going to be plug and play for them with some new agent names and new TEPS things and new report things?
It sounds like it's just a little bit of brushing up on new terminology, new agents, but it should be a relatively straightforward, even potentially a task that a seasoned ITM client can do on their own in a relatively quick amount of time. Theoretically, yes. Okay. Now I'd like to really start to get into some of the typical discussions, questions, thought processes that a Gulf Breeze engineer or architect would go through to really start to pull all this collected data together to really start to put pen to paper for creating that architecture and design of the whole solution, right? So assuming this is a new Greenfield client and we have both ITM as the prerequisite, we've got to get deployed in addition to IT cam. What are the types of, if you could name the top three or the top five types of information that must be collected to look at that holistic architecture and design? Uh, the operating systems of the, the servers that are planned to be used for the infrastructure uh, and the customer's experience with that operating system. Uh, and I bring that up just because I've seen way too many cases where they they bought this new software and what they want to do is use new hardware that's running a new operating system that nobody at the, the customer has any experience with. And that that's just asking for failure. So getting that information. Um, uh, the, the number and types of systems that ha have already been purchased uh, in support of this product and then once again all of the transactional or any transactional information that is available, URLs, the safe login like we've talked about and any architecture information about the, the applications or transactions that need to be monitored. So if we assume the client has purchased IT can for transactions. They have pretty broad covering of licenses for client response time, response time, ISM, etc. They've got 
also they had previously purchased you know IT cam for Waz or they've got they've got enough components there to bring in and cover a true end-to-end transaction flow that's that's going across a, a multi-tier architecture. What do we also then need to broaden out those discussions, broaden out the the questions for our requirements when we want to go truly end-to-end beyond the URL? Um, well, there are a couple of clarifications that need to be made first off. Um, the transaction flow is only obtainable uh, through the transaction tracking component of ITCAM for transactions. So it comes with the ISM's uh, response time and then uh, transaction tracking. The to, to get the true flow, end-to-end flow of a transaction, what needs to be there is all of the pieces involved need to have a, a transaction tracking component installed on them so that they can report into the transaction reporter, which can stitch them together. Uh, if you, if, if what you have is just all of the ITCAM products, um, ITCAM for transactions, ITCAM for WebSphere, ITCAM for SOA, they, they do not all contribute to the same picture in one view in the TEP. Right, they're sort of all locked into their own domains, right? Right. And so what what you have is the, the TEP is the central repository, the TEP in the data warehouse is the central repository for this information. Uh, and you can create uh, links between the different views and workspaces. You can also have a launching context from the TEP, TEP to the ITCAM for WebSphere uh, managing server component. But it is not that they all contribute directly to the exact same transaction flow with all of the information available. You have lots of information available uh, that's available in these different workspaces and views, but then, and there are some links between them, but there's still work as part of the deployment to put some of those together because there will be cases, possibly a, a number of cases, where you don't have um, all of all of the exact data that you hope to have for end-to-end monitoring. But what you have is a whole lot of information at each point. It's just not strung together. So you can't see that the CPU is at 100% because of this one particular request, for example. You can see the, the history of the CPU for a particular box and get some idea about what's going on. You can also see the number of processes on that guy. You can see the amount of CPU consumed by the JVM uh, on that box. But there, there just are lots of cases where you can't tie a spike in, in activity or in, in resource utilization to one particular request. Unless you have everything completely instrumented and have complete visibility across all domains, right? powerful than it is in, in 
good information, there there are just uh, a lot of times where it just can't be tied together. Yeah, and like the, unless you have all of the right pieces installed and working appropriately, or the information may be there, and the unskilled and untrained or unexperienced eye can't detect that and be able to relate one thing to another, right? Correct. Yeah. Sort of walk through here the, the the flow, if you will. If I'm going to architect and design to use the end-user or endpoint agent, the desktop agent, the client agent, what types of things do I need to know or collect to be able to incorporate that capability into the total end-to-end solution? Uh, well, it is, the first thing is which application is the client using? Um, because it it is possible that that agent doesn't need to be used to actually get uh, client response time. Um, if, for example, if, if it's just web tra- traffic, of interest, then the web response time agent can be used and will grab that information. It will find end-user experience time and it'll record that information. But uh, on the client side, uh, there is actually nothing that, if you're using the, the client response time uh, agent, there is nothing that will actually stitch that together with, for example, the back-end database being, being accessed through an application server. So it's, it, it's very much the case that each transaction that, that you want to monitor needs to be analyzed First of all, just from a, a technology perspective, what pieces can we put in place and then identify, okay, with these pieces in place, we will or will not see a topology view that includes this client. We might see it, we might not. It just depends on what pieces we can put in place. So there's a list of supported desktop applications or... Yeah. Clients that the agent can provide visibility into. Uh, there is there's a list of out of the box supported client applications. You can add support for other ones. Um, just there there's XML file configuration so that any Windows based application uh, can be can be monitored. But for an end to end solution. That, that client response time team does not uh, transmit information to the transaction reporter. The transaction reporter is what builds the uh, topology view within the test. So we are not tagging whatever's coming out of that end-user desktop agent to be able to associate the client it's Oracle Financials or SAP or some Java application. 
I can't associate this user, this desktop, this IP address to the end-to-end web app database execution on the back end. I've got a gap there. Right. And in in some cases you can, but there are lots of cases where where you can't. And one thing that would be helpful is uh, a, a scenarios guide of some sort, because what I've found is that that each particular situation just has to be analyzed to figure out, okay, what are we going to see? Because without that, you're just sort of hoping to see a whole bunch, and there may be a lot less than is expected that shows up. So how do we, how does Gulf Breeze help the clients in that area? Do you have a seems like it's a questionnaire or a template there that, you know. Yeah, it is uh, going, it's basically going through and looking once again, it's just making sure to keep up to date on on the product. And since we deal with so many, um, we, we don't, and, and they, the, the, the gory details change kind of so often. We don't have a worksheet that, that will lead you to an answer. It's really, let's take a look at it. Let's see what what components we are allowed to install. Because actually, in, in several cases, you have uh, multiple options for which components you want to install or can install. And uh, what influences that is the type of operating system it's running on uh, or the amount of access that's been granted to that particular system or uh, the limitations on what types of technologies can be used on that piece of middleware or on that particular system. So it's, it's really the, it's a large number of factors that contribute to the analysis to come up with, okay, this is what I'm, I'm 95% certain we're going to be able to see, and what I'm not, what I'm 95% certain we will not be able to see in this configuration. Do you want to move forward? And normally the answer is yes, but it, we then install those pieces and look at it and, and uh, determine to see how closely the, the results match the prediction. Okay. The next tier, or the next part of the end-to-end flow would be that initial web tier, or I suppose we don't have anything for a server load balancer in front of that, but what about that web tier? What types of things do we need to know to focus on the architecture or design for IT camper transactions at that web tier? Uh, The uh, web servers that are being used, and so if it's a web server that's supported by the web response time agent, things are, things are going pretty well because then, uh, that agent can be installed, hopefully, to, uh, uh, show information, response time information about HTTP and HTTPS traffic. Um, if unsupported web servers are being used, then the web response time agent may, will probably need to be installed in uh, uh, proxy mode or appliance mode 
outside of the uh, web server, but still collecting data. But in that case, it can only see HTTP traffic, which in, in most companies is almost useless. Okay, so we're looking at the footprint uh, at the web tier, we're looking for the types of server, which allows us to determine if our agents are supported. If we don't have an agent for some weird web tier server component, is that when we move to the appliance mode use of the agent? Or how do we, how do we help the client gauge those trade-offs of putting an agent on the web server versus using the appliance mode? Key trade-offs being HTTPS decode versus plain HTTP when we're in an appliance mode. Correct. But the benefits are it may be less intrusive and easier to collect data at the web tier rather than installing agents on everything. Yes. Okay. So moving to the application server or a middleware tier. Same question, what, what do we need to think about at this level in terms of the key architect and design type questions? understand it, ARM is a pretty architecture code. It's a pretty heavy thing. Are you seeing clients who are using that or are you seeing clients that don't use that at all? What's what's the, the mix there? Turn that feature on. 
no code has to be changed. Normally, just a config file needs to be changed, or in the case of DB2, uh, just uh, it's a really simple change that needs to be made, and the server needs to be restarted. Um, so it's really just determining if the middleware applications that the customer is using are ARM-enabled or not. Um, where it becomes a choice for the, the customer is really if they're writing, normally if they're writing fat client applications, which just isn't the case very often these days, if they're writing uh, fat client applications, uh, and so they're the author of the code, they could, uh, they can decide if they want to use ARM, which stands for Application Response Measurement. Um, they get to decide if they want to use ARM or not, although now with IPCAM for transactions, a separate option they would have is to use the TTAPI, which is uh, sort of ARM on steroids. It's supposed to be a, a smaller footprint, higher, uh, better performance than ARM, and it does allow the transactions to be stitched together by the reporter. But that's if, once again, if they're writing some fat application, uh, and they are actually the developers of the code. How do we architect and design at the database slash message bus, gateway, mainframe? What do we need to consider when we want to make sure we have visibility to track those transactions heading towards the database, out of message bus, towards the mainframe, you know, sort of that back-end environment? Uh, the, well, the right pieces have to be installed if, if they can be installed. So there's, uh, the, there's a KICS data collector, an IMS data collector, uh, that can be used and leveraged by IPCAM, uh, and DB2 can be ARM instrumented. So it, it really just, uh, all of the appropriate pieces need to be put in place and, and determining those appropriate pieces just requires looking at the customer's environment and then what what's available from Tivoli. Okay. So it sounds like to be able to get through all those tiers sort of leads back to that initial first few questions there is that we've got to really help the client articulate the total end-to-end architecture and flow that those transactions could flow across. You know, you've got to know the type and quantity of web server, app server, middleware, back-end database types, all the way to the mainframe or queue or whatever else on the back-end that that's going to go through. So it sounds like the emphasis really has to be on articulating that flow from end to end and, and making sure that we have the right pool of questions to discover that so then we can then turn that into architectural and design statements about you know, we will deploy this type of agent on this type of platform so we get this type of data which gives us visibility into this section of the end to end flow. Yes, that's a great thing. Great.